a Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin. I'm very glad you're joining us again today. We are on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio and heard nationally and internationally, largely in our radio archive, which can be found at www.abetterworld.tv. And there you can also join our free A Better World newsletter, which announces our shows on radio and community TV here in the Big Apple in New York City. We love having you tune in to both our shows and give us your comments and uh, your suggestions. So this way we are building, always building, a larger, a better world family and community across the globe. So we're very glad that you're tuning in today because today we're going to be speaking with just one of my favorite people, Philip Gruber, a dear old friend and colleague who is acknowledged worldwide as one of the foremost teachers of sacred geometry, the divine feminine, light language, and such subjects that titillate audiences across the planet, quite honestly, including here in New York, where he is right now, which uh, gave us this opportunity to do this interview that has been long awaited. We had Phil on A Better World TV some years back, and certainly we're due for a new one, and we're very grateful for this interview now on radio. So, uh, the subject today is looking at sacred geometry, and uh, you could say unpacking the eternal and internal mysteries of the nature of reality, what makes creation. And how does that relate to geometrical forms? Well, there are some really interesting uh, understandings that are possible that Phil has learned to teach and unpack in a truly lovely, brilliant, and simple way so people worldwide can really get the message and uh, really digest it and make practical use of the understanding. The other subject that we're going to be looking at today is the subject of the divine feminine, which is a more abstract notion in some ways when you begin thinking about applying that. In a sense, it's more um, accessing what we have internally that we don't give necessarily a whole lot of space to or have much understanding of. So that, too will be a subject of today's interview. I want to also let you know that uh, Phil, along with another uh, good friend and colleague of ours, James Twyman, co-authored The Kabbalah Code, published by Hay House. And it's a really interesting book, very worthwhile to understand some of the code underneath this other ancient form of wisdom and actually creating a better world by paying attention to its high-minded, big-hearted spiritual values that underlie the Kabbalah itself that comes both from the Jewish Judaic tradition and most likely reaching back then to the Egyptian and probably then reaching back further to the Atlantean. But if we get a chance to get into some of that with Phil today, we will do so. Phil, my dear Phil Gruber, welcome to A Better World. Hi, Hi, Mitchell. Very nice to be with you again. 
It's such a pleasure, my friend. It's such a pleasure. Since I've seen you last, uh, prior to this visit, you've been traveling throughout Europe, throughout Asia, Southeast Asia, where I know you're living with your lovely wife, Sharmila, in Singapore. And you've been um, both educating and entertaining audiences throughout that part of the world. And they're really eager for and hungry for this kind of information. And uh, you know what? That's true right here in New York, too, Phil. So I'm really oh, glad absolutely. to have you on. Absolutely. Everybody's waking up now. And then Singapore, Southeast Asia is no different than any place else in the world. And people pretty much by and large are the same. And they're all awakening right now. They want answers. They want answers to, to the most pertinent, perplexing questions that we ask ourselves now more than ever who we are, what our purpose is here, where do we come from, that sort of exactly. thing. And, uh, exactly. It's and really I've been true because Singapore now for several years, but it's great to be back here in New York. Oh, it's so good to have you. It really is. New York lost a luminary, a beautiful light when you packed oh. your bags and hopped on that plane. So it's Just really temporarily nice misplaced. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm back in the truth exactly. of my, my family, my spiritual family. It's great to be back. Exactly. Well, something. look, some of your spiritual family, uh, uh, like yours truly, may in fact come over at your invitation, longstanding, to join you in doing a tour around the continent of Southeast Asia and uh, bring our, our act on the road. What can I say? Well, you shouldn't true. be a without some people... friends. A lot of wonderful teachers and, and healers and facilitators don't normally come to that part of the world because it's very pricey from Europe or from the States, from North America. But there is such really, really one to, to understand on a much deeper level because they're coming into much more deeper levels of themselves and they really want answers. You know, there's that Greek word. I think we've talked about this, pothos, P-O-T-H-O-S. And it means that the basis longing. of the word uh, pathology, of course. Exactly. And it's that long, it's that, it's that transcendent, almost existential longing that I really mm -hmm. think is at the heart of our, the core of our being, and probably the sacred wound that, that we keep coming into incarnation every lifetime to try to heal, to understand our purpose here, or is there a higher purpose? Is there, is there more beyond? what we can glean with our, with our five senses, this sort of thing. And then you exactly. get into the metaphysics of it. But since and you mentioned, that, uh, since you mentioned mm -hmm. the, that yearning, which I think is such an important aspect of our spiritual journey and our humanness, um, you brought up the word healing and making whole, which also, mm -hmm. since we're doing a little etymology here, traces back to the Greek word also in common for to heal mm. is literally to make whole, which suggests that something has been fractured or divided. And in fact, that goes back to the Indo-European of the word kylos, which makes us also relate the word to be whole to being, no surprise to you or me, holy, to be sacred, to be hallowed. And what we see is then 
there's this interrelationship between mm-hmm. these ideas that appear disparate, perhaps, or not connected. Indeed, in language, it's embedded that it's absolutely connected. So I just wanted to bring that down there. We are God's holy spot. Going in that direction. That, that which is yes. whole seems to be perceived to be fragmented, shattered into billions yeah. of shards. But to understand that, that's why the universe is truly holographic. If you take a hologram of an apple and you rip it into 60 pieces, you're going to get 60 pieces of an apple. But as you know, Mitchell, encoded within each piece is the way you can reconstruct the whole. Is the whole. From any that's piece the, of fractal, it, you understand the fractal nature of reality. Right. That every yeah. piece is indelibly is, is connected. It has intrinsic wholeness within itself. And when you want to reconstruct a hologram, you need coherent laser light. That's how to do it. The whole is encoded in each one of its parts. So we may be these, yes. what, what with common perception, seems to be individuated aspects of the collective consciousness that we can choose to call God. A million names, right? Takash, exactly. Lawanka, Tonka. Britney Spears, I mean, whatever you perceive to be the wholeness of consciousness, as you understand <laughs> the 72 it. names of God I'll prefer, Phil. But well, yeah. there's, there's a lot of people out there that think that Britney is God, and you've got to start somewhere. And if Britney <laughs> is a bridge to a greater understanding, a more complete understanding, a more That's right. realized Walk understanding across of what that the wholeness bridge. is, more yeah. power to that. Really, exactly. That everybody is, look. is endowed with, with intrinsic, you can call it divinity, but we are part of a whole. And this is Absolutely. where I think that you are so very eloquent. I, I listen oh, to you on the radio. We've been friends for many, many years. We, we've taught together. And you do have a way of helping people. You are a bridge to a greater, to an understanding that we are more than the sum of our parts. There's the concept of emergence, which yeah. I know you're familiar with. If you want to sure. understand the characteristic of water, you can't study take hydrogen and oxygen in isolation. But when you put them together, something there's an emergent quality. When you put the two Surely. of them together, which was not possible with each of them in isolation. So you need to put them yeah. together. And that equality emergence, I think people used to call that synergy. What it really That's is in right. system it's thinking, it's the principle That's of right. emergence. Something emerges that wasn't possible, taking them as separate entities. Absolutely. Well, I guess you are saying something. Are you saying then, Phil, that Britney Spears and I are both bridges? That might be the only thing we have in common. We're all bridges. Bridges, what? We're 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 all bridges. We're connectors (laughs) of one space to another. This is a really nice segue. Your emphasis on the whole, which of course is a sphere or a circle into your unpacking for our audience here something about the nature of sacred geometry. I would love to hear you orate, which I love the way you do, on sacred geometry. I've sat in your classes where you have just dazzled the audiences with your brilliant understanding, truly. And uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted you to be on for uh, my new A Better World audience here. No, but all kidding aside, I mean, even using the term, even saying sacred geometry, I mean, we don't want to make something sacred at the expense of, it's of, sort of something, like redundant making something in a way. profane. Either everything is sacred or nothing is. So when we talk or about nothing. geometry, 
when you study the forms that mirror and inform the geometric shapes, the patterns, the vibrational patterns, the wave patterns, the wave functions, when you study these sacred geometrical forms that mirror and inform the very act of creation and evolution itself, you can't help but be humbled. And I think the real magic of sacred geometry is that it opens your heart. It, it's when you can see the universe in a grain of sand, that was William Blake, wasn't it? Or, you know, when, when you can see the whole in everything, when the saints and the, the holy men used to use that contemplative gaze and just gaze at a flower and really looking at that symmetry, looking at its, at its geometrical design and how that design is mirrored in all of creation. This is why the ancients were convinced that this is a projection of the, of the divine world because God saw that these geometrical harmonies and proportions and ratios were so beautiful to the mind of God, to the perception of God, that God encoded so many of its creations down here with those same harmonies. That's why they thought that this world was, was a reflection of the divine world because it really it carries all these harmonies. You can even see it in our body, our belly buttons, uh, divide us into that beautiful, that, that golden ratio, that golden schnitt, that golden Absolutely. cut. It's, it's encoded. Did you say schnitt? Schnitt. German for... S-H-N-I-T? Well, I don't know the exact spelling, Mitchell, but the golden cut, the golden cut, the golden proportion. Okay, fine. I love it. But it is funny still. It's a very fine point. The fine point is that I, as I said slightly a moment ago, uh, is that um, that saying sacred geometry is virtually redundant because if you, like you're saying about the ancients who perceived that our material world was but a reflection of the divine, the so-called outer mm. world, the outer spheres, then you see that every, and you hold everything in mind and heart as divine, so you don't need to use the word sacred. But exactly, it is because you don't want to make something to put distinguish. up something sacred at the expense of something being non-sacred. Exactly. And that's it, a it, that it evokes its opposite, into. in other words, you're saying. It evokes its opposite. Exactly. And it's a very natural yeah. function of sort of labeling something as sacred, or even when we say we have intrinsic divinity. What does that mean? What does it mean to be divine? What does it mean to feel in that flow, to be in that zone, to realize that we are individuated aspects of a great collective consciousness that many choose to call God, whatever your name is, there is something that we are part of. It is greater than us. That's right. Yet we are part of that greatness. And exactly. So how does that relate head, to, if you would, would, give us, some examples of geometry at play uh, in mm. our universe, the way the different shapes, whether those are spherical or circular, or they are triangular, mm. angular, talk to us. What are the basic shapes? There are what they call the elements of creation, and everything in manifestation, everything in reality is really an interplay of wave patterns. Wave patterns, like waves on the ocean. The alchemists called it the language of birds because it is the play and the interplay and the intersection of wave patterns. 
when you you know how you when you feel so good when you're in a sacred place, when you're in a church or a synagogue or a mosque? Well, that feeling that that feeling that you have of being part of something greater than yourself, uplifted, that feeling of you being say whole or holy, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. is mainly a function of the geometrical arrangement of things, creating mm-hmm. standing way fields. It's the geometrical architecture, the placement of things and their geometric, geometrical harmonies, their ratios. This is what produces these standing way fields. At least the time that you're in these spaces and places you feel that sense of oneness, that sense of unity, that sense of wholeness. And if you can just take that outside, if you can create this in your own mind, that's why the meditation on sacred names, the names of God, these mm-hmm. names, uh, when, I, when I met Imoto, in, uh, first I met him in 2004, and I think it was, at the Water uh, Conference, I think you were involved in that. In yes, 2006, in New York. I yeah. gave him an electron microscope photograph of a snowflake. And what it mm-hmm. looks like, Mitchell, it looks like geometrical architecture. It looks like a, a yeah. column, like a Greek column, like a pedestal, like a piece of masonry. So then it hit mm-hmm. me that not only do our thoughts, following up on the Emoto work, not only, not only do our thoughts influence the growth, the shape of crystals, but they actually create geometrical architecture. So mm-hmm. if you can elevate and raise your thoughts, and this is what the meditation on the sacred names are, meditation on mandalas, mantras. Yes. If you can create, if you can meditate on those sacred names or vibrate those sacred names, you can create those perfect, that perfect architecture, that geometrical architecture called the Venus Blueprint in many teachings. And you can have that generate those same wave patterns and wave functions. It's very, very easy to understand. It's the, it's the study of morphogenetic science, which is the genesis of shape and how shape affects, how shape is formed, how form is function, and how we function in the world. And do we move through this world effortlessly or do we really create with our thoughts our angelic garments or our destruction thoughts are everything. And can you give an example of how? Thoughts, yeah. Can you mm. give an example, Phil, of how sure. uh, form and function interact in the way you just laid out? Yeah, it's very important. You look at our the water in our bodies. Everybody's told me about the, the best ways to, to bless water. Let's say the water needs to have structure. Remember in the emoto work when you projected thoughts or even wrote something on that, on that vial of distilled water, let's say you wrote something really horrible, like, I want to mm-hmm. kill you. Remember, remember the crystal didn't have any shape. It was shapeless. And amorphous. that shape is what amorphous, exactly. And that shape is what holds the memory. So you look at the most beautiful of Emoto's crystals and thoughts of love, forgiveness, and gratitude, gratitude. were projected onto the water. And the most mm-hmm. beautiful crystals took shape and they were very complex crystals. So the more complex the crystal, the more consciousness it can hold, the more levels Mm -hmm. of consciousness. This is why someone who is grounded in very negative thinking, quote unquote, lower vibrational thinking, they can't Mm -hmm. achieve, they can't hold the higher consciousness, but it's the people that have the structure of the water in their bodies, not just to be hydrated, but that water, the lymph fluid, the blood needs 
have to have structure needs to have complex structure so it can hold the memory, the memory of healing, the memory of being whole. We do have an encoded North cellular memory. That's a very, very real thing. They even had lectures at Barnard this past weekend that they are developing the technologies and the instrumentation that can see the that can register the subtle bodies. It's only a matter of time before the most skeptical among us have to admit that these these things are realities. These subtle well, body systems, let's be the honest. Bodies, the We've had, you know, and I'm not referring only to Curlian photography, which goes back to probably the 1930s, maybe the 20s, but certainly the 30s. And out of that came the work of Dr. Karatkov, who I met with and went to a congress with in um, St. Petersburg, the GDV technology, where you take a photograph of your finger and it generates an entire magnetic field or electromagnetic field around the body, and it relates to your it's your auric field. It's it it reflects the health or lack of health of each of mm. your organs. And the point is that we have had um, technology to photograph and video um, the subtle energy bodies for actually a long time, from acupuncture points and meridians to the chakras. So I, well, I agree with you, Bill. You it's really moved in practice. that direction. And now it's, it's, it's something that people like you and I go, well, of course. And it's great because you continue to flush out and expand your practice and your understanding of the larger meaning of healing by using these technologies that not only you can register these fields, but you can tap into the frequencies of them. You can balance yeah. and harmonize things that are out of phase, wave functions that are out of phase, identifying yeah. the frequencies that are missing or that are distorted, that don't fit. Because the word harmony is incoherent. Means that which yep. fits. Exactly. exactly. And creating coherence. And it is in that coherence that we see ourselves as whole. Because you have to see, as you know, you have to see and perceive yourself as whole. That starts the process of what's called transduction, where your thoughts eventually and ultimately will flesh themselves out. People need your audience, really, if they don't understand this in its fullness, needs, needs to understand that every thought that we think, every thought, we're thought-generating machines, really, or <laughs> living machines, <laughs> that we will Absolutely. see, we will meet in our lives every single thought we have thought, even a thought that that's transient, that's temporary, that's meaningless at the time, that will contribute to, to larger thoughts, morphogenetic fields, which will flush themselves out, and we will run into the reality of every single thought we've ever thought, all along with yeah. the collective as well. This, there which is, is why exactly. I feel... There is a level the, of... Mm, yeah, please. And the great thing about sacred geometry is when, you, when, you, when, you, when your heart opens to seeing all these geometrical forms and patterns that mirror themselves throughout all the natural world, everything from the distribution of sun seeds and sunflower seeds, pine cones, horns, the way this, the spacing of our fingers. Seashells. We really, yeah. Seashells, the nautilus shells, each chamber, you know, bigger than the next one by, by the golden yeah. ratio, 1.61, 1.62, or, or smaller by 0. 0.61, 0. 0.62. This is an amazing thing. And you really come mm -hmm. into a, an, an understanding that, 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 there's, that there's 
so much joy in the world that wants to be expressed. When we feel happy, we, we tap into everything that's having that feeling of happiness in the moment. That's why when we're happy, we're really happy. And when we're sad, we're really sad because I think we're tapping into huge, larger and larger morphogenetic fields of everyone field, feeling exactly. that feeling yeah. at that moment. In other words, you know, it's really interesting, Phil. It it gives that we have this idea based on our egoic nature um, that has a level of reality that has a value as well. But on a larger picture, we don't really identify that much with the collective. So we, we lay patency to this notion that it's my joy or my pain or my happiness or my pleasure and it's very me and my oriented but when you look at things from a larger picture you see that you are just as you're saying it's a well tapping into a larger morphogenetic field that holds that vibration of which we are part and it happens to be interesting that you're living in asia and uh, you and i are contemplating um um a tour around uh, working together again, as we've done here in New York over the years, uh, because the collective consciousness of Asia, because we know that there's a, a feng shui, if you will, of each continent, and of course of each mm. nation, and each village inside every nation. Um, uh, Singapore's design general, feng shui principles play a very important part in the, huge, in the creation huge. and development but of feng shui. We, uh, exactly. There, there is, exactly, there is a uh, a notion of us and we that is embedded in the psychogenetic DNA of the East that we don't have in the West in the same way at all, where we have this archetype that gener we generate of rugged individualism, of not being connected to the whole. And, of course, ultimately we find ourselves back at the whole because that's what's true and real, but we have this egoic notion of separateness, which might be our undoing at the end of the day. But uh, it's just interesting to think about the group identity, the family identity in Asia is very contradistinct to what we have in the West. Your comments? Well, yes. Well, being in Singapore now, I mean, it's, it's very, very far away. It's like 14,000 miles away. But now we have access to a lot of Southeast Asia, to that part of the world, which is really hungering for this. They really, And it's not to say that they have been devoid of spiritual traditions, my God. They have, uh, mm. you go to Devoid, they are more the, the progenitor. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. There is, there is way more than ample evidence of pre of pre ancient civilization that had a level of sophistication that that's just yes. stunning. Yes. And they need to get reconnected with that too, because there is memory. There is memory in the rocks. There is memory in the trees. There is memory yes. in the soil. There yeah. is memory and the in, water. In each, in and the each, water. And the water. Well again the memory holds the memory. Yeah. yeah. And the water exactly. the water holds the memory. This is very, very important, and because we're electrical in nature, anybody who doesn't believe it, um, I'm not saying stick your hand finger in a socket, but we are electrical in nature, and consciousness is electrical in nature. Definitely. So if you don't have a medium that conducts the electrical current, which is to be That's properly right. hydrated, not to tell yourself, we're just going to short out, and we won't be able very to true. 
have that level, we won't be self-realized. We're realizing more and more parts of ourselves now, which I think is, this is the point of it all, to be more self-realized. There are dimensions of ourselves that right now we can't integrate, but the whole idea of evolution of spiritual and personal growth, because I don't see a difference between spiritual and personal growth. Isn't that right, Mitchell? A lot of people think that we're here and our spirit is somewhere else. We are composed of spirit. We are composed of the particles of the consciousness of God. There's no difference really in the in the nature of the particles that we're created of, the bicycle, the the, the, the cars going down the street. But of course they have their, their own pulsation rhythms and their own oscillation vibrational rates, but they are the same particles. You can call them the God particle, adamantine particles, but everything in creation is composed of substance, conscious energetic substance. Everything is conscious. And I think, and I've heard you talk about this, that until we start treating everyone and everything, everything, Mm -hmm. nothing is truly inanimate. If we start treating everything as a simultaneous manifestation of source and creation. God consciousness. Yeah, yeah exactly. or a unified And you know what's interesting, prefer. that notion, you're right, I absolutely speak about all of this and I, it's funny because it goes back uh, of course to ancient animistic thinking in Africa. In the depths mm, of exactly. Africa you know the indigenous uh, you know, uh, villages and tribes always understood that there was a vibration in a rock. It's a slower one, God knows, but, you know, uh, a dear old friend of ours uh, and teacher of Terence McKenna used to say, if you're ever feeling impatient, begin to think about geology. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually yeah. very funny, of course, you know, because a rock moves very slowly. If I'm going to, okay, I unpack the joke. Sorry, but you know, no, but please, but I'm, I'm rocks in your I'm head. I'm thinking. I'm wondering about this when we talk about holding higher levels of frequency in the body, mm. and cells are spherical. How does that, how do those two ideas coalesce of increasing complexity, which I know you will find, of course, in, um, in a crystal, a crystalline structure. So are you suggesting mm. then the water in the cell that's holding that electrical frequency of a higher nature would, if we were to magnify the cell, just as Dr. Emoto did mm-hmm. in his lab, mm-hmm. we would mm-hmm. actually see a crystalline structure of that cell that was more complex? Oh, absolutely, positively, and it's amazing. One of the other things I showed Emoto was a photograph of a snowflake, but when you looked in the center of that snowflake, it looked like there was a female form, Mitchell. I kid you mm. not. In the center of this crystal, it looked like a female figure sitting on a throne. And I believe now with all my heart that in the center of every crystal, there is a feminine presence. There is, a, mm. there, is, there is that feminine energy. There is that pista sophia. There is that higher wisdom. There is that supernature. Yeah. The male is a spirit, but, but the feminine gives shape to that spirit. And this diva or That's elemental right. or this divine feminine you could see it we very are, clearly right. like a woman sitting on the throne. Mm. You know, and this you is the just time of the very awakening of the divine feminine and and 
not just that, truly the resurrection of Eve. You know? Mm-hmm. And what okay, that represents, I see. and bringing back the divine feminine back to her yeah. rightful place in the spiritual hierarchy. Then, without That's that, we beautiful. can never even dream of becoming whole. Yeah. You know, you just segued magnificently into the next section. I know you did it <laughs> consciously because everything yes, is consciousness. Uh, but talking about consciousness. In. We want to let everyone know that you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday here in the Big Apple talking about spheres full of life and frequency. And uh, you can tune in through abetterworld.tv and just go to that website. And on the top it says click here and uh, voila, you will be here. Or just visit the radio archives and also our store and get on to our uh, newsletter. It's a free newsletter announcing our shows with wonderful photographs of our dear guests like Phil Gruber and uh, a little description as well as some blog material and some of the workshops I teach in the New York and area and the United States, A Better World and Heaven on Earth. And I guess, Phil, we are in the middle of conversation about... Uh, you know, we've been having the conversation. You've been inviting me for years to Europe and now Asia, and um, I've been a little slow to respond. I mean, I have taught internationally, but uh, I haven't been able to clear the amount of time it would need for, uh, you know, a real um, fun-filled and jam-packed trip, as Lily Tomlin would put it. And But now I think we're getting a little – we're edging closer to that universal cliff. It's exciting. I love the thought of it, I doing that with you. Well, that's what you get. That's one of the hazards of getting into the rock consciousness. You, you tend to move a little slower. But then again, that's, that, that's our arrogance. That's our projection. That's right. How do, how do, how do, we, right. How do we know how that consciousness operates? You know? It's a conceit, yeah. isn't it? And I think you do talk about it this. The, the, the ego conceit and the, and the conceit of, of having to feel, having to segregate ourselves, having to uh, use a reductionistic approach, you know, sure. not really looking at things segregate, holistically. Separate. That's what systems yeah. work is all about. Systems thinking is all about seeing something as part of a larger and larger and larger and That's larger right. whole. It's looking at the relationship of the micro to the macro, looking at fractal relationships and understanding as mm-hmm. above, so below. So within, as within, so without. It's you don't have to go past your next nature. of broccoli. You don't have to go past your next florette of broccoli to meditate on your next <laughs> piece of broccoli, broccoli. on the fractality. That's right. Of, uh, exactly. So, continue with your beautiful um, unraveling of the when, divine feminine and its relationship to our creating a better world, since you know that that is our ongoing eternal motif here on this show. Well, it's it's again, it's the story of the lost princess, the princess bride, the Sleeping Beauty, which I think is the, the real archetype about. With the beauty that sleeps within us. How do we awaken the beauty that sleeps within us? Remember in the fairy tale, they tried everything they could to wake her up. To wake her up. But only the kiss, the kiss, 
the kit, the prince, of, the prince, the prince of peace. Remember, in many mythologies and cosmologies, before the Christ comes or the Christos or the messianic force, the peacemaker has to come first. So mm-hmm. the prince of peace comes with the kiss, and that sacred kiss, you know, our English word kiss. And for the people in your in your audience that don't know this, this is going to come as quite a surprise and a pleasant shock that our word kiss comes from the Scottish Gaelic kite, kite, or kiss, mm. <laughs> which means to appear without disguise, to appear without disguise, see, to be gen- oh. in your genuineness and your authenticity and transparency without masks, then you can enter that space of, of that holy communion, that sacred kiss. Mm. And it's when the combination, of course, of the male and the female principles that 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 totally unite. There we go. But not yeah. not equally, not always equally. As you know, as, as an acupuncturist, I am as well. Yin and Yang is in a state of dynamic equilibrium. They're always Change. looking yes. to rebalance each other. It's not totally balanced. It would just be two people on a seesaw, not doing, not going anywhere. That's you right. Know? Static. Static equilibrium yeah. versus do you want to be in a state of dynamic equilibrium? Dynamic. Yin and yang is ne- never balanced, but they always look to balance each other. And I that's love why that they, etymology. I had no yeah. idea. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So and, and in not acknowledging you, the, the divine feminine, you want to be a real he-man, work on your femininity because like conditions seek like conditions. It's not so much that opposites attract. I think if you're a man, a heterosexual man, what a woman I think many times is attracted to, attracted to is a femininity in the male. That's right. A developed and that's balanced right. femininity. Like well, that's also a homeopathic like principle as well. Harmonic resonance. Exactly. Sure. This is a homeopathic and you come principle. Into a exactly. divine, so, divine distillation of the fact that we, the divine feminine has been in the state of exile, the Shekinah or Shekinah, has been in a state of exile. This is the lost princess, the lost bride. And when the temple, it said, is rebuilt, the temple in man, the temple of man, when our temple is rebuilt, then the temple of the spiritual Israel, which is everybody. Because in its greater meaning, Israel means that which contends, God contending against itself, light and dark, trying to battle out, when they should just try, you know, they should just shake hands. You know, it's the exactly. divine integration. It's the hieros gamos. It's the divine alchemical marriage of male and female. Because the exactly. word, I mean, the Marys, Miriam, divine one, divine one. One, mm-hmm. one who knows God. So this is why it's very interesting. I notice um, um, I'm reconnecting with a lot of my, my gay friends here. In, uh, in New York. I mean, there was a time, I remember, and when I lived in San Francisco and Chicago and Miami, that a lot of my friends would call each other Mary. I mean, Mary this, Mary that, right? Well, Mary means divine child, special mm. one, 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 you know, that, that understands what God is, an understanding of the intrinsic divinity. That we're born with. That's so if you feel, I didn't know and that. you know how, if if you're in certain segments of society and you've been made to feel less than whole, it's good to remind yourself that you are divine. That we do have intrinsic divinity. 
we do have the, an internal connection to the divine. So by calling by whoever it is in whatever subsection or subsection or subdivision of society, to call to call someone a Mary is really reminding them that they are indeed divine. Because you know how people are being, some people are made to feel less than they are. It's good to be reminded that you are whole. By all means. No all greater means. or no lesser than any individuated aspect of God. What it's comes to mind so, here, Phil, what mm. I am uh, processing as I'm listening to you is the word, the name Mary, I believe uh traces back to ma and in french of course we have mère and we have la mère which is mother and it's water yes. and so there is the feminine principle yes. embedded yeah embedded in the word and uh you know one this whole thing talks about embedding uh begs the whole subject of Carl Gustav Jung's beautiful work of the anima and the animus mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. marriage of the two, which of course is is exemplified in all notions of alchemy, Chinese as well as European. And um, mm-hmm. it's also of course embedded in the Kabbalah with uh, certain aspects of the sefirot coming together in a unified whole inside the being. And if we look very practically at our three-dimensional world today, it's long been said that it's because of the lack of the presence of the feminine in men who are the apparent ruler, the patriarchate, the lack mm. of the feminine quality um, effervescing that we are having the troubles in the world we're having today. The conflict, the yes. rage, An acknowledgement the recognition of the presence of God in this world. You're exactly right. And that cannot be attained without acknowledging the, the feminine. Divine exactly. feminine. This is the grail. This is the true holy grail the oldest derivation I know, the word grail, means patterns, doorways or windows through which to know God, through mm-hmm. the patterns that manifest yeah. in, our, in, our, in our lives, God's in holy our patterns. Yeah. This is yeah. why sacred geometry, the divine feminine, all together, it's part of this. Yeah, one, absolutely. And I, that's thing. why these two the subjects... That's right. The subjects seemingly separate actually have a magnificent um, unity spirit, if you will. And I want to bring it again to the level of the world as we know it today. So these ideas, which could have a tendency to kind of fly off into the ethers because it's so much fun to mentalize them, but I'm talking about materializing them in the body, so that if we can really embody, we men, um, our feminine nature and make it conscious, be dropped down into the space of our hearts, which you were speaking about so beautifully before, we do become more attractive, interestingly, to women, because we're being more our true nature, and I don't think it's any mistake to recognize the biology and how that reflects all that we're talking about in that, in embryology, 
we begin mm. all as female. And Ontology only later, it's a recapitulation. You know, you remember. It's a recapitulation, exactly. Recapitulates so, yes. at the end of yeah. the day, the universe is yeah. actually a feminine heartbeat. <laughs> it's a pump. Well, yes, it's, well, it's the breathing in and the breathing. It's the breathing rhythm of the cosmos. That's how right. many how many big big bangs? I don't. Personally, I think it was a much slower bang, but we're only seeing the background radiation now of the most recent bang. There have been countless bangs, and then the great mother inhales again, taking everything that has grown and developed and evolved, and then another outbreath, like taking a balloon. Our self-realization is a process of a little balloon sure. being blown up inside of a bigger balloon. When the little balloon takes up all the space of the big balloon, what happens then? <laughs> it just goes back out again, only to recollect right. itself, re-remember itself, and then it gets thrown out again with the next outbreath. The breathing it's like, rhythm. You're right. Like it's outbreath. like Russian nested Russian dolls and it's like the Yuga exactly, the of yes. the ancient Vedic ma, ma, teaching. Ma Troiska, Ma Troiska, Ma Troiska, see? Within, 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 within. Nesting, 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 nesting. Wheels within, within, wheels. And you have the Ma root again. Yes. To my Troiska. Yes. That, that's it. That, that's really the key to understanding the whole thing. Self-referentialism. Mm-hmm. Everything refers back to the self or non-self. However, you're, a lot of people have different orientations, different reference points, but they all do converge. At the end of the day, and, and, and exactly, even when, And even in that, that seeming chaos, everyone who's been on a plane has seen so how orderly things look from a higher altitude, from a higher elevation. Right. As you get more exactly. street level, yeah, then you get the noise, then you get things looking chaotic, but the beauty about complexity is that there is a higher order only needs to be understood that underneath or even within the seeming chaos of our lives, there is order. There is order. Absolutely. And everything, and, and we as vessels through which the divine uses to manifest in this world, we have to be, we have to be, we have to, that's what the process of forgiveness is all about. It never was about blame. It's, it's, Forgiving. No. What do you have to let go, release, to be a giver, to allow grace to move through you, not just into you, out into the world? Or else, mm-hmm. Kabbalistically, it's called the bread of shame, all meant to be shared. I think you talked about that earlier, that the joy that we feel needs to be shared in mm-hmm. every experience we have, needs to be yes. an exercise in ecstatic unity. Yes. Not exactly. just to be kept within exactly. yourself, but to be shared. And that's maybe out the of which, thing, by the way, knowledge. out of which you can literally create a better world, which means a harmonious world, which means the levels of symmetry, both in shape and, you know, reflected through always music. Mm-hmm. And it can be also in our landscapes, in the way we farm, in the way we build villages, in the uh, the mm-hmm. um Bases, the vessels, the, uh, the homes, our domiciles, where we live, domo, from the Italian and the Latin. Yeah, because remember, you know, everything becomes projections. Yeah. Yeah, b- the projections. The external landscape and... projections of our, of our inner mind and the inner workings of our mind. So yeah. sustainability is attained through reverence and respect. It's really very, yeah. very simple. And, of course, there are interests 
and concept that doesn't understand the connection, doesn't understand working cooperation, the, the universe is not is is not uh, uh, is not uh, competitive. That's, no, that, that's it not is responsive. It it's mutually cooperative, exactly. And you have to be grateful before you receive the gift. Not mm-hmm. most people exactly. want to wait till after they receive the gift to express gratitude. Well, you're not going to receive the gift, especially in the form or the shape that you wanted unless you express gratitude for the sheer ability to be able to think things into existence. No other creature, certainly that I'm familiar with on this planet, has the power, the God-giving power, the image and similitude of being able to think things into existence. And anything that's thought into existence wants to experience itself, wants to experience itself to honor us and we honor it as because we created it care of it. We need to take care of this planet. We need to take care of ourselves. Because it really has to start exactly. with us. Don't you agree? Oh, How I do. effective are we going to be as sustainers, as uh, war, not warriors, well, but, but as, as way showers? In the, book, the book that I'm working on now, Phil, is called so Sacred you. Stewardship and exactly. Awakening the That's Soul to Action. Yes. And, and I feel that that is while we all need to be activists as well, and I, I pay homage to my dear friend and colleague, uh, Andrew Harvey, who has been mm. utterly poetic and articulate on that subject and has his institute called the Institute for Sacred Activism. Um, I yes. have framed the subject uh, slightly differently as our role on Earth fundamentally is as stewards and Mm. And uh, another way would be as midwives, because in everything that we're talking about here is this notion of giving forth and giving birth to an idea which is higher and grander than us as we know ourselves, and yet it Mm. is us, and we give forth, as you said, we think it to reality, we also speak it, as it says in the ancient Bible, into reality, so the word becomes flesh. You know, it's very well, a lot of people alive. are very impatient. Even Wallace models in the science of getting rich. Just because it doesn't come in a shape or form that you expected, don't yeah. give up. Don't give up on the dream. That's why patience is a virtue, because it hasn't yet. It, it's on its way. Just because it hasn't yet That's manifested right. in your quote-unquote external reality, it doesn't mean that it's not on the way. People give up on the cusp, on the very cusp of manifesting their truest heart's desires, but it, because it doesn't come into shape, because they impose yes. a shape on it. And the it doesn't come into shape, they don't recognize it, and it can pass them by. So if you relate to anybody on a soul level, heart-to-heart, people talk about soulmates, you have millions of potential soulmates if you relate on a soul level, on a heart level. That's right. And really, and not so much our solar plexus. I'm coming to understand now that the, that the pathway to the subconscious is through the solar plexus. It has more neural connections than the heart and the brain put together. When you want to have more choices in this life, choices, free will, to create the reality that you truly desire, you need to have more neural connections. You need to have more That's neural right. networking. That's why education, knowledge is very important, but it's active faith, active knowledge, knowledge in action. 
compassion Absolutely. and action. Remember all those years ago? I do. It was all I about a- a- acting. It's all about taking it into the world and using it. Because as an active, as, a, as consciousness, it's alive. It's alive, awake, and aware. Even the concept wants to be experienced, wants to be known, wants to be loved, wants to be cherished, and it will give you back ten times over. So anything that you create, that you generate from your mind, from your thoughts, into this world is your child, is your creation. Absolutely. And it needs to be nurtured, and as it needs to be loved, say, and it will give you back. And every thought is also a seed, and it seeks completion. That is to grow to its fullest expression. And the neuroscience only supports everything that we're saying here, Phil, as you well know. And to be living in a state of gratitude, as you well put it, uh, before we're given something, whatever it is, the fact is we've already been given life. And if we don't want to keep just repeating the past, we'll will invoke a higher level of frequency deliberately, consciously, and live in the state of grace that will uh, in itself be the attractor of whatever it is we're thinking and desiring. And desiring, unfortunately, has gotten a very poor name in Western society and actually in Eastern society. Um, It's true. And it's actually the... Eros of our lives, that mm. erotic quality of desire leads to passion yes. that and makes us alive. Yes. Imagine you know, we're walking, we're, we walk through life, Mitchell, and we walk through grids and grids of morphogenetic fields, thoughts, alphabet soup. And those thoughts that everywhere. we're thinking, we're going to attract those thoughts. And there is a pleroma of thoughts in the world. And so people wonder why their, their lives manifest as they do. Some people scratch their heads. This isn't my life. Well, you know, it is. It's a life you chose either yeah. consciously or unconsciously. That's when you walk right. through this, these thought clouds, you're only going to attract the thoughts that you're thinking. The strangest exactly. secret in the 1950s are all uh, Nightingale. It's no, it, the secret's always been the same. You create what you think the most about. And as a man thinketh, so he becometh. In his heart, the ancient sage wisdom. There's nothing new in the secret, I would tell you. But I just wanted to—I don't know how much time we have, but just bringing a little back in a little sacred geometry. You know the distribution of leaves and branches. No pun intended, but please come full circle. It's so—it's so important. (laughs) There is a reason why the, the leaves and the buds and the branches are distributed the way they are, why in the first rung of the spiral there, there is one or, or none, then the, the first rung there's one, then another one on the next rung, then two, it follows the Fibonacci spiral and the Fibonacci uh, progression. Numbers. It's the reason they're distributed like that is for one reason and one reason only, to be maximally exposed to light. Mm, maximum exactly. exposure. You don't want to be in another Increased one. Area. That's why mm-hmm. that exactly. That's why the leaves and the buds are distributed the way they are, so they won't be in each Beautiful. other's way. So they won't be in each other's mm-hmm. shadows. It's all about maximum exposure to light. Openness. That is awesome. Whether they will that or mm-hmm. not, that's the way that's the way it, it goes. 
and you want to be maximally that exposed to light, awesome. to joy, to knowledge. It's, it's just we're so. Remember the end of the movie Contact. Jodie Foster is trying to describe her experience through the wormhole, and she has nothing but her explanation. Nothing. She uh-huh. hasn't brought back any quote unquote proof except her own testimony, and she says, you know. What has this experience taught me? It's taught me how small and insignificant, but yet at the same time, how rare and precious we are. What does it take for people? You know, I, I Googled this a little while back, and it's a good idea for people to do this too. The five major regrets of people that are dying. That yeah. you can take to the bank. The major yeah. regrets, they, 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 they surveyed thousands of people that were nearing death. What are your major regrets? And the major regret, the number one of this top ten or top five, was that they didn't live genuine lives. They weren't mm-hmm. true to themselves. They lived life for someone else. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Or, and they didn't reach out to old friends. They weren't true oh to themselves. Right. You can take the regrets of the dying. You can take those to the bank. Right? Nobody ever and so said, many people, Phil. Isn't it true, Mitchell? They wait till their last breath or one That's of their right. last breath to finally understand the, 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 the amazing grace and power of forgiveness. That's right. But they, right? Exactly, before they get in touch with their hearts. And I know that one of those items of those mm. five regrets is not, I didn't spend enough time in the office. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever said that on their deathbed. You know, I just yeah, exactly. really think I should have gotten that last project done, you know? <laughs> you know or I should have invested more in, the, in that stock or something. No, it's all about, it's, you know, I should have gone Forex or whatever. You know, it's like... Yeah, right, 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 right. Biotech, I should have gone stock. short oh, instead of log, right? Well, it's not to say that nobody does. I'm sure there are those uh. that do that. And probably yeah. the, that'll be their first thought in the next incarnation. That's you know? right. That's right. I've got to be a stockbroker. The doctor will be thinking about his investments, and that baby will be traumatized, and that baby's first first word before mommy is going to exactly. be money. Exactly. You know, I, I exactly. Exactly. Which is cool. Everything, well, no. is, everything is composed of spirit. Everything is alive, awake, and aware. There is there is exactly. love. Is a vibrational. It's it's an emotional body's interpretation of a state of vibrational co-resonance. Yeah. So when you're in yeah. on the same wavelength, when you're in vibrational co-resonance, you can't help but feel love. Well, what do you do That's with right. it? You can be with it. You can, you can be you active know, with it. You can... You are it. I'll tell you. The, you're reminding me of uh, the energy field that I have seen get generated in the workshops that I teach, and I'm sure it's similar for you, that there is this love space that gets created um, through, you know, we just do simple things like some Qigong and some mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. I say a few bad jokes. I talk about neuroscience. And we uh, go into the space of communication and therapeutic theater. And I tell you, Phil, over I've been doing this for 20-some-odd years, and the heart starts getting engaged when people start to really feel their feelings. And I always say that the heart is actually an extension of the nervous system. It's its own brain, and we know that because of the some thirty to 40,000 neurons and sites around it. Um, and it is an autonomous brain, something we get from 
the Institute of HeartMath. And when people are really in its throbbing nature, uh, it shifts the energy field in the room profoundly. And everybody knows it. Everybody feels it and go, oh, my God. They're out of their heads. They're in their body Mm -hmm. and they're in their heart. And everybody starts to love one another because the heart becomes the conduit to each other. And there's no boundary in the way we usually think of boundary because we're thinking at that moment, not in the ordinary way, but with our hearts. And it's just we're starting to understand with a deeper, yeah, with a deeper understanding of neuroanatomy, neuroscience, neurobiology, with 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 functional MRIs, we're starting to understand what part of the brains light light up when we drop boundaries and we drop borders, and what initiates that and sacred geometry, working with the goddess, with goddess energy, with divine feminine energy, these are things which put us in that place and activate those same areas of the brain. Which, right. which 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 bring down the walls, which 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 take the walls away, and we That's feel that right. sense of unity. Whatever the vehicle was for that or the trigger, the process exactly. is still the same. And we know and, also and, and we that, can learn that we can like that. There's an entire hormonal profile, yeah. which is yeah. that our oxytocin levels go through the roof, and that our cells are literally being bathed in that oxytocin, which confers the experience of unity consciousness and all the sense of brotherhood and sisterhood that our heart can handle, you know, as a a container. Knowledge will do it. Music, poetry, paintings, the natural world, or as Zizek says, even the unnatural world, there is beauty. There is beauty in everything. That's right. There's beauty in in everything. Again, sleeping beauty the awakening now of, of the beauty that has slept within us. A lot of people, how many times can you press the snooze alarm? That's right. You've got to get That's up. That's right. Everything is waking We're up waking around up you. We're waking up now, miss- Phil. Uh, you're, mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate that you uh, you know, fulfilled what I had asked for, which was, in a sense, um, directing, focusing this conversation in the direction of creating a sustainable society. And, you know, it's interesting. I love the phrase renewable when we talk about generating energy um, because that's, Mm -hmm. of course, what God has given us is this naturally replenishing um, existence of photons and wind and water, which has all of the geometrical shapes that generate electricity, which our we really we operate on our in our bodies and our society operates on and if we're going to get through this sixth epic issue um in in mm-hmm. and avoid the sixth extinction we're talking about some very real things here this isn't just pie in the sky this isn't although that's interesting from a geometrical point of view pie in the sky i never thought about that um um <laughs> mathematical mm-hmm. i should say you know but it's we're really talking about number. transforming mm-hmm. our world and transforming our thinking in this world so we can create a society that continues on. Otherwise, we're going to be like a bug on the windshield. And Mother Earth, Gaia, Pachamama continues. We'll just be a strange experiment along the way. And 
I feel that the intelligence, the creative intelligence that you are bringing forward here in today's show, and uh, so many of us who are truly committed to a certain kind of worldly slash divine outcome here, um, are really helping to push the river, so to speak, so that we really can sustain and we can replenish and we can renew and become what is, you know, our fully, you know, human divine potential. That's what I feel it is. So I just, We're just from the bottom to of my realize heart, what just the want to thank you. that have always existed as individuals and as a race. And I think you're, you're doing a marvelous job, and I really hope people take what, you, what you're giving them, take it into their heart. It's got to come into their head. To get into the emotional body, it's got to come into the head, but they can't just keep it in the head. And That's just, right. That's let it come into the heart. Let it come into the solar plexus. The solar exactly. plexus is responsible for our physical expression. So to feel something yeah. fully, to feel the fullness of an emotion, you have to have an activated solar plexus. And this why right. we do deep abdominal breathing. Comfortable deep ab- right. abdominal breathing will awaken the solar plexus, and the solar plexus is such an important key. Exactly. So that's our and power. that's what keeps us alive. That's what keeps us alive. Rise well, and shine. Gruber, Rise and shine. Your your yes. final comments to our audience for today, and of course we'll My have you back on again. My final comment is that we're feathers in each other's wings, right? <laughs> and you need two wings to fly, you don't it. you? Well, to fly well. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Feathers thank in each other's so wings. Much. You're very very welcome. If thank people... you so much, and thank you. To your, to your audience and um, blessings and, and respect each other and love one another. I so appreciate. I so appreciate. And we will uh, be in further dialogue about the actual um, uh, scheduling of a possible uh, world tour together. Um, yes, I hope, many, I hope people out there can schedule. come to the expo this coming weekend. Uh, like yeah. Expo again well, this coming weekend. The show is both New York, national, and international in scope. So it's probably not uh, something most people listening oh, would see. be okay. able well, to attend. Well, for the ones that are not local. Local, quite like that. But or, or the ones that on have the a lot world of frequent stage, flyer miles. it's much more practical. I'm sorry? <laughs> okay. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank, thank you once thank again, you again for your beautiful work. My pleasure. Anytime. And we will be okay. speaking Thanks. soon. Good night. Okey dokey. Good night. Bye-bye. That is my dear friend and colleague, Phil Gruber. We have uh, gotten groomed together here in the uh, powerful place, the birthplace of New York City, the Big Apple, where the evolutionary spiral is in great, strong, potent force. And uh, we are the manifestations of that very energy coming back, actually, from uh, both Hebraic backgrounds, and uh, it's been imprinted in our DNA and has given rise, I think, in our case, to a certain kind of curiosity about life, about the universe, and a commitment to a positive outcome for all beings, for all sentient beings. And it's a service really from the mind, heart, and soul.
So thanks so much for joining. Remember that we are a 501c3, a nonprofit, a Better World Foundation Unlimited, and we always appreciate your donations. It really helps us stay on the air and helps us sustain, and that is possible at a better world tv www.abetterworld.tv and if you don't yet get the newsletter that is the place to get it it's free it announces as i said earlier our weekly television here in manhattan show and radio show but the tv show if you're not in manhattan can be seen at that very same website also for anyone interested in counseling or coaching stress management biofeedback, scanning your energy field, and work of that sort, or our workshops, go to my name, www.mitchellrabin.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-R-A-B-I-N-A-B-I-N.com. Thanks again for joining today. I just love Phil Gruber. He is such a dear friend, and I so appreciate his Libra-style intelligence that just just maps the universe in its uh, in intensity and poetry. So it's always a pleasure to have Phil on A Better World. He contributes so much. Thanks again for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you all next.